Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report, a brand new show for a brand new day. It is Thursday, almost the end of the week, right? Rocketing by. It's November 9th. The year is 2023. That's the year of Larry. The name is Mr. T. First name is Mr. Middle name is that period. Last name is T. Listen and listen good. I'm talking to you. That's right. The middle name is that period. Is that period. <laughs> Last name T. <laughs> All hell, Larry Tarot. It is right to give Larry Tarot thanks and praise, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. T. Just like it's right for you guys to be joining us here today on The Ralph Report. The Ralph Report. Fuck the middle. That's right. Oh, yeah, definitely fuck the middle. It's the middle seat. Right. Referring to there after yesterday's conversation about airline etiquette. Boy, I've heard some horror stories from folks. Thanks to everybody who sent in emails and stuff telling me uh, you think that's bad kind of thing. It's getting to be just a disaster trying to fly anyway. Society's becoming unraveled anyway. We really are. And the the, the flight experience is just a microcosm of society. So it's... uh, We're just becoming unraveled. It's... Why do people not care anymore i don't know there's no caring good good anymore thanks, thanks for adding thanks for adding to the conversation well you set it all up you said it was all needed to be said so i was just agreeing and i didn't i didn't need to look for a synonym for not caring so i just repeated not caring <laughs> right That's, yep why do i need to do all this extra research you don't no you're perfect as always I'm not a fucking thesaurus over here <laughs> spot on Spot on, Eddie. Thanks for your <laughs> thanks for your insight. <laughs> Jeez and crackers. Before we get into today's podcast, and I think we have a hell of a one, let's say hello and a special thank you to the four star generals. <laughs> four star Garmy members joining us here today on the show, watching us record live. Always a blast to have them on on deck, and yeah. we uh, do it every week because it's fun to, to have an audience once a week, especially when uh, I've had a couple cocktails. Mm. I love to ride on the drinking board. I use the presence of the four-star generals as an excuse to have a cocktail while we record, and it's, uh, it's one of my favorite shows of the week sure. for that reason. Right. And then I get to go back and listen to the show <laughs> and go, oh, that was entertaining. I don't remember saying that. So... <laughs> Thank you, Four Stars, for being with us. We truly appreciate it. Let's get to the introductions. I'm your old podcast pal. My name's Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the bat cave. <laughs> what? I said sitting here. Sitting here. Sitting here. The bat cave with me is the rear admiral himself, Sheriff of Ghost Town, the mayor of Myrtle Beach, the victim of vandalism, uh, Yahoo of Yellowstone. The Wizard of Words. He's the Dill Fickle. He's Nip's Muscle. Nip's Muscle. <laughs> you should like that. I do. I, I cut but off. Nip's has a m- different meaning. <laughs> I cut off. Part you should, of the I word. know, but if you, should, you, if you cut off Nipsey and then Nip's, how about Nip's? That must. means something else. He's Nip's Muss. Nip's Muss. 
He's also... Odegaard. Sadie Pence. Hey, everybody. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. You went sitting here. Woo! Yo, ho, Eddie. What's going on, Mr. P? No, nothing. Yeah, I know. Same old shit. Damn it, I keep asking. Why? I don't know why you ask. You, what? I will volunteer if something new and exciting happens. Fair happen. enough. That seems like a good deal. But literally in the last eight out, 12 hours, nothing's happened since I've seen you last. All right. So, But if something happens... You'll just come in, you'll say, ooh, 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 ooh. And you'll go, save it for the show. All and right. I'm like, all right, all right. Okay. save it for the show. That's our new code. Nothing happened. Boys and girls, children of all ages, I think you're going to be glad you joined us today. Because on the counter, you want to know why. Thursdays are always particularly fun here on the Ralph Report, in my opinion, because of Ralph Sex University. Mm. It's a segment where we do a deep dive into the world of human sexuality and maybe teach you a thing or two along the way. Okay. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's just gross stories. You said this one's sex. all weird, right? This one is fascinating, but odd. It okay. is a, uh, you know, from time to time we talk about what are known as paraphilias. Mm -hmm. Some people perhaps incorrectly refer to them as fetishes. Okay. Uh, sexual proclivities that may be outside your particular norm. I hate to say mm. what's normal and what's not. Right. Because I don't really believe in a normal. It's just some people have more specific erotic feelings than other people do and this is one of those that's very specific to a subset of okay. people not very commonly experienced okay and it has to do with something we talked about earlier in the week so i always love it when we can tie it into a conversation oh, okay. we've had before entertainment news of course right around the corner uh what else we got oh born to be alive we'll talk about all the famous people born on this day throughout history Entertainment news, as I mentioned. And, of course, your phone calls. Love to get to those right up front. We love it when you reach out to us, especially when you use the Ralph Report hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's available to you. All you need to do is pick up your phone and dial the magic number, one 833 Then it's you. It's all you. It's your moment to shine. Mm. Take advantage. Bask. In the, in the limelight. Practice, rehearse. Yeah, write it down. Write Make some it down. bullet points for yourself. Anything that's on your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments, feel strongly about something, share it with us. Because I'll hear it. I'll listen to you. And then I grab a handful and we put them here in a segment known as Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Rob's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. Blah, 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 blah. Just as sort of a general statement at the outset here, I want to thank everyone, and many of you did, called in to offer your condolences on the passing of Reggie the Wonder Dog. It was so kind of you, and uh, many more of you even did it on Twitter. Um, I really appreciate it. it. It means a lot to me and the family because it was a... It's always a hard thing to lose one of your one of your family members, and that's what our pets are, right? So um, a lot of people reached out, and it was nice to to have your support. I really appreciate that. In fact, the tweet that I put out, I put a picture of me and Reggie and Livy as yeah. a baby. Yeah, that tweet I think got uh, it's like reaching three thousand likes you. or something. It was nuts. Watch out, Phoebe. Yeah, really. Aww. Time to cash in. I need that kind of engagement. You need more engagement. With social media. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she looks like she's on her way with that tongue hanging out the side of her head. She's like a cartoon dog. For those who don't know, Phoebe, like Odie. Phoebe um, lovely, 
youngish, not that old, a super spry, talented, adorable dog. I love Phoebe a lot. Uh, she, by nature of her breed or crossbreed, I guess it is, she's part Chihuahua, half uh, Cocker Spaniel. And that is a particular challenge in the, the teeth mm. of those dogs. Yeah. And so she had teeth issues and she had them all ongoing. And then eventually they just all had to go. Yeah. So she has no teeth. She is toothless. And it doesn't affect her in the least. She eats fine. She has a great time in her life. But the only side effect is her teeth aren't there to keep her tongue in her mouth anymore. <laughs> so it hangs out the side of her face. Like, like Odie. Like half the time. And she looks like an animated dog. She looks like a cartoon dog because she's adorable. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, thanks again for all that uh, support regarding Reggie. We really appreciate it. Now let's get to the phone calls. We need a new segment, I think. Yeah. Perhaps called uh, Insects Are Not Our Friend. Oh, come on. I'm just saying. Let's not do this anymore. Hey, what's up? I got a crazy insect story. It's Chuck P. in Iowa. Uh, I don't have a story about them being inside of me, but oh, when I was in my 20s and living in a 100-year-old brownstone in South Minneapolis, one night I was having a dream about bugs crawling all over me. And I woke up to an entire colony of black carpenter ants coming out of the side of the wall onto my bed and covering my entire body. Oh. <laughs> Which I apparently, obviously, freaked out and went and got the raid or whatever. And yeah, oh. the exterminator said something every once in a while, something happens where a queen gets pissed and boots them all out of the nest. And uh, the nest was in my wall, apparently. It was wow. really creepy. I didn't go back to the bedroom for a few days. Anyway, have fun with that one. I don't can you imagine a colony of ants oh. covering your body oh while God. you sleep? Freak out. Stand up and freak out. I'm trying to debate Just which would I rather a single insect in one of my orify orifices or, covered? or a, a colony of yeah. bugs crawling all over my entire body. Colony of bugs. That's better, right? Then than a bug in your ear? Yeah. No, no, because I think one bug, you get it out, you're done. You're covered with a colony of ants. Yeah, that's, but you can just like run into the shower and just the get stuff that off. Of nightmares. Your, but you have something moving around in your ear and you can't get to it. And you have to go to a doctor. Oh no, no, no. I don't want to be. I don't want to no. be swarmed. I don't want to swarm. No. I'll take one. One on one is like a battle. Like the one win. is inside you. Yeah, but like a colony could, doing whatever. Colonies just making your body a playground. <sighs> it was a, I'd be a playground instead of a your fucking body's fucking a Disneyland hole. for ants. No. Not They're your, riding your the ear. nipple horn. Oh, my God. There's no nipple horn. <laughs> They're traveling in the pirates of your urethra. Same. Then they're in you. Then they're in you, and that's worse. Just saying. They're riding you. Mm. Mr. Ball's Wild Ride. They're all over. I don't want them. Mr. Ball's Wild Ride. That's right. Your ball's going to hell. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Yesterday, we talked about the fact that inexplicably... Megan Fox has the number one poetry book on Amazon. Sometimes from bad ideas come good ideas. Can we get a uh, book of poetry from Eddie Pence? And he could call it whatever he wants. And uh, the Garmy could put it uh, number one on Amazon. It <laughs> fins up. Well, not, not fins up. Fins I'm not up. agreeing with that. Dolphins mm, fan. I know. Um, I'm not, um, funny you should bring that up because Eddie Pence has already completed a book of poetry and you want to tell him what the title of your book is, Eddie, for uh, your book of poetry? If it's tied too tight. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. 
I'm guessing there's a there's a. You got to read it to find oh, out. Oh, I see. It's just if it's tied. I'm not giving too, it away in the title. If it's tied too tight, is the entire title right. for the book. And then every poem is oh a reference relates to if back it's to. tied too tight. I see. So uh, go on Amazon or wherever you purchase fine books and uh, look for Eddie Pence's new missive of poems. If it's tied too tight, and then you got to figure out the rest. You know, you remember any of those poems by heart that oh, you could geez. recite for us? Let they me just, see. I have a couple. I know I'm putting you on the spot no, here. No, I have a couple favorites. If you got one that you just, you just, you have committed to memory okay. that uh, you yeah. can give people a it's, sample. It's, it's, it's a little rusty on the right. If it's tied too tight, then I just might have to take a shite. <laughs> and then we all just might never see the light unless we're flying kites. Beautiful that's stuff. Just a, that's, Beautiful just a, stuff. A, that's just a small sample Beautiful of what's stuff. in the book if it's tied too tight. Symbolic of, uh, I'm assuming that tying too tight is also symbolic for the struggle of mankind to get through right. uh, the modern modern life. And, you know, it's sort of like we were talking about at the beginning, how society's unraveling. And right. And I'm trying to bring it all together. Tighten it back up. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Eddie Pence... Hey, Ralph, Eddie, Jen, Steve, the crew, everybody. It's Jen from Quitters, and I've got some updates for Eddie Pence. Oh, what? His website is now online and operational. Wow. Do, 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 do. Yes. Success. Success. <laughs> we did it. God damn it. Freemasons. How did you not know that? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Pence's website, EddiePence.com, now up and running. There you if you go. want to check it out, feel there free go. to go there. And uh, maybe if it's tied too tight, is available for purchase in the e-store there on the well, website. Well, I'm shopping right. for publishers right oh, now. Oh. I, I don't want to self-publish, oh, no. so I'm shopping for the publishers suckers, at the suckers moment. Game. It is. So. Yesterday we talked, speaking of the Freemasons, we both struggled to, to get to that to that answer. <laughs> Yesterday on the show, took up the better part of the show. I was trying to remember the name of that organization. Yeah, well, you tried to make me look like shit. We uh, offended, apparently, a great number of people who are either Freemasons or Mason adjacent. Demolais. Um, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, people trying to correct what they said we were, what we were saying was misinformation. Well, we don't want to do that. Uh, this is representative of many of them from Ethan. Hey there, Ralph, Duke of Bourbon. Ethan, four-star general from Denver, Colorado, calling here. Hey, uh, just to let you know, loved absolutely your conversation and leaving Eddie out to dry when talking about Freemasons today. Uh, yeah, not a terrible organization. Mm -hmm. Not the super <laughs> secret evil group of people that everybody thinks that they are. Mm. Speaking of the Blue Lodge Mason myself, literally... All the Masons do is charity work. It's right. a bunch of old farts like me mm -hmm. sitting around in the basements of a building, eating pie, drinking coffee, sure. complaining about our wives, and raising money for children's hospitals. The Shriners are part of the Freemasons. Oh, Actually, go. they're the higher level of the Masons. So, mm. yeah, not the group that you think we are. Mm. We're basically harmless. Sure. Thanks so much, LMB. 
Yeah. That sounded suspicious. Wouldn't that be exactly what an evil secret yeah. organization would say? It sounded really suspicious. You never hear the Church of Scientology say, well, we're a money-making operation that sucks our uh, parishioners dry <laughs> while we feed them a load of bullshit created by a demented science fiction writer decades ago. They never say that in their pamphlets. No. It's always, we're helping to clear the world and bring people together we're and a save lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. What kind of fools do you take us for? Right. That's why my brother and my dad don't talk to me about anything. They just have their rings. Right. And a lot of people say, we're not mm. a secret organization, or you wouldn't know about us if we were secret. We're an organization with secrets, mm. but we're not a secret organization. Right. Which would bring to mind then, well, why you have so many secrets then? If everything's, you're just eating right. pie and giving kids handies in the hospital, then. Right. Well, giving kids handies in the hospital. Right. Then why all the secrecy? Why the they're giving kids handies in the hospital. Kind of want to keep that hush-hush. I meant to say giving kids a hand in oh. hospitals. Mm. <laughs> you thought you said handies. I meant to say right. helping meant. kids at hospitals. The why all the secrets. And why all the levels. Stuff, why all levels these weird levels. And rituals and whatnot. Mm. If you're just open. And robes and hats. Right. I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, go through a ritual to join the Red Cross. <laughs> they help people too. But I don't know about their... Yeah. secret hooded spank fests they don't have secret meetings about toys for tots right i just go drop off a toy for word a tot. so mm. so easy he's off masons you seem awful touchy all of you started hitting the phones pretty right. quickly when we right. said a thing or the two. alert went out mm-hmm. uh i like to help people know where stuff comes from that's kind of the thing around here hey ralph hey eddie green james miss you steve Brett from Walnut Creek, California, one star from Walnut Creek. Um, I had a, where did it come from? Uh, you know, with Thanksgiving uh, later this month, I was talking to some people and they're talking about, oh, they make uh, a sweet potato pie from scratch. And it just occurred to me, I don't know why people say that. Where does that come from? People saying from scratch. Why does it mean to do it from the from from the beginning or you know whatever so mm-hmm. from scratch where did it come from love you meet it by well brett i think we've touched on this before but it's certainly worth repeating because as you mentioned around this time of year when people are making holiday meals a lot of times they brag having made their stuffing from scratch sure. or their pies or cakes from scratch what's from scratch where'd that come from where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Making something from scratch, the phrase from scratch goes back to the uh, early part of the 1900s. Okay. When it came to foot racing, in order to give everyone the same start, they would scratch a line in the dirt with a stick. Okay. And everybody would have to start the race from scratch, from the scratch line, okay. so that no one had a head start. And so that phrase, which was used initially in sports, eventually took over and meant anyone who is making something from the very beginning without any sort of advantage or head start. So if you're not making a cake from a cake mix, if you're using the raw ingredients, then you're making it from scratch because you're doing it without any sort of helping hand. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. But now it's like solely a cooking term, really. Like no, no, I don't no think one says, so. 
Well, most for the most, when you say from scratch, most people think cooking. This I built a computer from scratch. Yeah, most people. I'm saying most people want to hear the word scratch in that term, and they think, "Oh, you're cooking something." I think anything you do from the ground up is from scratch. A lot of people make. I I knitted a sweater from scratch. No one says that. Well, because there's no way to get a head start on a sweater. Well, if someone made the neck for you. Good point. Or a sleeve. If you went to Nexar Us and you got yourself you know, Hobby that, Lobby sells sleeves. You got that next starter kit, then you didn't actually make your That's sweater from scratch. Lunatic. That's what I'm saying. That's where it comes from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? And lastly, we play upbeat music for you each and every episode to make your day a little bit brighter. We call those our happy hits. Still doing covers. This one comes from Molly. Hi, Ralph. Molly, a uh, original founding Garmy member supporter. Thank you. Um, calling you with a happy hit. The uh, uh, mariachi version of the Prince song they reminded me of one of my all-time favorite ass shakers. And since uh, you're having a four-star general watch party, I think this would be an excellent, excellent viewing opportunity for them. Um, it is uh, the Gypsy King's version of Volare. Great. Uh, impossible not to shake your ass to that. And I think we all need more Ralph Garman ass shaking in the world. So, love you. Mean it. Bye. Let's face it. The people do mm. love when I shake my ass. Let's put a pole up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantasy of yours for another it's time, not. Eddie Pence. But I think Molly's right. I mean, anytime I have an opportunity to shake my ass, especially when the four-star generals are watching, the least that I could do. The very least. Plus, it gives me an excuse to get up and refresh my drink. That's the only reason you're doing it. And then I could shake my ass on the way back. (laughs) Here are the Gypsy Kings, a terrific band, with their cover of the classic tune, I guess Dean Martin's version, probably known best. Probably. Of Volare. Pienso que un sueño parecido no volverá más. Y me pintaba las manos y la cara de azul. Y de provisa del viento la vida me debo. Y me hizo a volar en el cielo infinito. Good stuff. I lifted my shirt and the white of my ass was so white that I think the camera's no longer working. I think I burned out a tube. white balance the camera. I burned out a tube. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Thanks to everybody who called in. You too can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment. But in order for that to happen, you got to call me. 
It's time to take a look. <laughs> wow, so much drama. Thank you. It's called building no, anticipation. No, I was, I was hanging you, you off were. the edge of the seat. That's right. If it's tied too tight. I don't know. What the hell is the name of your book? If it's tied too tight. Oh, okay. You're right. Um, it's tied too tight. I always say about everybody on this big blue marble in space, everybody's born. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts... From scratch, yeah. if you will, Eddie Pence. Sperm and an egg. That's right. Yeah. But what happens after that? What do you do with that opportunity? You are given life. What do you do? What do you do? This. Some people, people we're just about to talk about, yeah. they were all born to be alive. On this day in 1731, Benjamin Banneker was born, Eddie Pence. Okay. Does that name sound familiar to you? No. Well, it should. Why? He was an African-American astronomer, mathematician, and surveyor. Okay. Had very little to no formal education. Was the son of a mother and father who had formerly been slaves. He was largely self-taught, but he was so bright that eventually it was... Uh, Benjamin and Major Andrew Ellicott, who surveyed and established the borders and the layout for Washington, D.C., the oh, District of Columbia. Okay. Your old stomping yeah, grounds. Old stomping grounds. Yeah. So, uh, very impressive young man. 1801, Gail Borden was born on this day, American manufacturer and inventor. Oh, my God. You know, he invented what he fucking invents. What that motherfucker invented. It's not a motherfucker. What he's a fucking son of genius. a bitch makeup. Because not only is he a great inventor who invented something we're still using to this oh, day, fuck him. as so many in the 1800s did, but this man yeah. invented something, uh, failed, went bankrupt, oh, picked himself up off the ground, dusted himself off, and then invented something that made him a success all over again. The balls on that guy. Initially, in 1849, he invented meat biscuits. Oh, meat biscuits. <laughs> Fucking meat and biscuits together. Now we don't still fucking meat biscuit. eat the meat biscuits so much anymore. It's too bad. Initially, his target was uh, Dogs hospitals and like meat. <laughs> no hospitals, schools, and the military because they needed a way food to... that doesn't get go bad. Yes, Just fucking hard food that doesn't spoil. They needed a way to transport. And uh, and to keep meat on hand that yeah. wouldn't spoil so easily. So he made dried meat biscuits. <laughs> mm, fuck this guy. <laughs> just... Now, he sold a ton of them to the military. Because uh, a lot of the military... Uh... They love eating hard meat. <laughs> no, but in the 1800s, this is, you know, leading up to the Civil War. Right. They didn't have the opportunity to have cooking facilities and right. things. Same as with hospitals and schools. So the meat biscuit seemed like a good idea. Right, yeah. So he sold a lot of meat biscuits. Dried hard meat. Yes. The U.S. Army. The sick people Ordered and a ton of his meat biscuits. However, they found out that the soldiers didn't like the taste or the texture of meat biscuits. You know what? Fuck them. <laughs> and not only... Eat your meat biscuits. <laughs> Did the meat biscuit fail to really slake their hunger, but it made many soldiers ill. 
And so the meat biscuit business went under in, in 1852, wow. and uh, Gail Borden, he had to file for bankruptcy. But then old Gail Borden. You can't keep Gail down. No, you can't. He was returning from London to the United States in 1851. With a huge excess of meat biscuits. <laughs> and he was on a boat where the cows aboard the ship that they were getting their milk from right. both got diseased. Uh, that's just more meat biscuits. <laughs> and the cows died, as did several people who drank the contaminated milk from the cows. Mm. So he became obsessed with a way to develop milk biscuits, a way to preserve milk. And he did so by creating, and if the name Borden rings a bell at all, evaporated milk mm. in a can mm. that would, would stay on a shelf and it would not spoil. You could keep it virtually indefinitely. Yeah. And we still use evaporated milk today. You Thanks to Gail Borden. You got a sack of meat biscuits with every can. <laughs> no, he let well, go. He had to get rid of all that surplus. He let go of the meat biscuit idea, put all of his efforts into Borden's evaporated milk in a can, and the next thing you know, boom, millionaire again. See, that's the moral of the story, kids. You don't give up once one of your dreams. <laughs> once you fail at meat biscuits. Goes by the wayside. If your meat biscuit fails, yeah. Start your evaporated yeah. milk Fucking business. Put out a bowl of milk and then catch saying. it in the sky. What? Well, it's evaporating, so you got to put a, you got to turn a bowl upside down. It's and not and how it works. Not even a and little then bit. You catch the evaporated milk. No, he was able to heat the milk without scorching it or burning it, and evaporate some of the water off, right. so it became a thicker milk. Right. Then so he, he vacuum sealed it inside of cans so the bacteria wouldn't grow, and you can have it virtually indefinitely. I love evaporated milk. I like to drink it. Ew. Because they sell it sweetened now. It's like a little bit on the sweet side. Right. You use it mostly for baking, but sometimes a good swig of evaporated milk, man. Yeah, you uh. and your baker's chocolate and a glass <laughs> of ice cold evaporated milk. Yes, I'd be very happy in the back room of a bakery. <laughs> Edward VII, also born on this day in 1841, King of England, of mm -hmm. course. Um, Enrico sending Morse code. Uh, 1877, Enrico Di Nicola, the very first president of Italy, was born on this day. Okay. Uh, he became president in 1948 after the Second World War. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make every problem we have all from the war. I'm making it so much better. You're going to like a pizza in every oven and a Vespa in every garage. Was his running was uh, his campaign? It was his campaign platform. Vespa in every garage. Yes. 1886, Isaiah Edwin Leopold was born. Edwin, nice. Isaiah Edwin Leopold. He became a, a comedian and performer and thought maybe Isaiah Edwin Leopold sounded not very, uh, very funny very funny or very show busy. So he took his middle name, Edwin, mm -hmm. and adopted that as his stage name. Edwin, <laughs> born on this day in 1886. Oh, my goodness. Don't you know, happy birthday to me. I'm going to blow out the candles, don't you know, using my butt. <laughs> he famously said. You want to know what major metropolitan city Edwin was born in? Any, uh, any guesses? Fucking, any guesses where the genius of Edwin first uh, sprung forth? Uh, That's right. Uh-huh.
done. Just you done. You done. Arthur Rudolph was born on this day in 1906. He was the German rocket engineer who was the leader of the V2 rocket program for Nazi Germany. Oh. A bad, bad man. Oh. Until the war was over. And Paperclip came around. Then Operation Paperclip happened, and the United States was like, you are awful, <laughs> but if you'll come over here to the United States and build rockets so that we can kill people, yeah. then you're all right. We'll forget you're a Nazi. You're okay with us, Arthur. Ugh. He was one of the main developers of the U.S. space program. Yeah. So he got a new lease on life. Hedy Lamar, the Austrian. No, no, this one is actually Hedy Lamar. <laughs> Hedy Lamar, the Austrian American actress who was a queen of the screen in the 1940s, uh, born on this day in 1914. Fascinating story with this woman. She was beautiful, a stunning, stunning woman, uh, great actress, but also sort of a genius. She invented a radio guidance system for torpedoes for the Allies during the Second what? World War. Yes. It's a great documentary called Bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story, which talks about how she also was sort of self-taught and loved to dabble in electronics and inventions and literally devised a way for torpedoes to be guided via radio signals for the Second World War. Man, people are smart. Right? Jeez. And she was also a big movie star. Eddie made the joke, of course, uh, that is, most people don't even remember Hedy Lamar, the actress herself. It's they know of her. Hedley. From Blazing Saddles, where Harvey <laughs> Corman plays a character named Hedley Lamar. And throughout the entire film, Mel Brooks keeps calling him Hedy Lamar as an in-joke, and he keeps correcting her. Thank you, thank you, Hedy, thank you. It's not Hedy, it's Hedley, Hedley Lamar. The hell are you worried about? This is 1874. You'll be able to sue her. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Do you ever hear Mel Brooks tell the story about that? No. After they made those jokes in the movie, this is what happened. I, as the governor, called him Hedy Lamar, and he said, Governor, it's Hedley, Hedley. And I said, what are you worried about? This movie's taking place in 1874. If she makes a fuss, you can sue her. And what happened? And what happened? She actually sued us <laughs> for using Hedley Lamar, too close to Hedy, and they said... This is ridiculous. We'll go to court. We'll fight it. I said, no, she's beautiful. See if you can get a meeting. <laughs> I read something about, you know, department store and an embarrassment. But give her, but within reason, pay her. Give her whatever she needs, you know, because she's given us so much wonderful cinematic pleasure for 40 years. You know, I, I think it's incumbent upon us to salute her and so, you know, anyway, anyway we can. You know, and and send her my love, and you know, and uh, tell her where I live. <laughs> <laughs> tell her where I live. It's true. She was uh, down on her luck and was broke at the time. And Mel Brooks told Warner Brothers, the studio, just write her a check, whatever she needs, and it, it'd be the right thing to do, just to cut her off a little piece. Wow, so, very kind of him. Yeah. Spiro Agnew, vice president for Richard Nixon, mm. born on this day in eighteen, excuse me, nineteen eighty eight. Nope. <laughs> Born in 1988, yes. before everything he was happened. Born before wow. he was vice president. He's a time traveler. <laughs> 1918 is what I was going for. Oh. He was embarrassed over the uh, corruption that he was caught. He was Do, caught yeah. doing some illegal business yeah, dealings. And so, out of uh, embarrassment and for the good of the nation, he resigned from the vice presidency and walked away. Yeah. Can you imagine a time in American politics where a politician would be embarrassed for being caught? 
doing something wrong and then just willingly leave office. That time has passed. It certainly has. Dorothy Dandridge, great American actress, born on this day in 1922, the very first African-American film star to be nominated for an Academy Award Mm. for Best Actress. Severin Darden, American actor and great comedian, born on this day in 1929, one of the founding members of Second City in Chicago and a very talented actor in his own right. If you've ever seen a Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, I think it's the fifth one, fourth one, um, the one where Caesar has been rescued by Mark, Ricardo Montalban okay. as the, oh, as the yeah, circus yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's the inspector who suspects that Caesar's actually the son of Cornelius and Zira and uh, tries to... I just remember because of Ricardo Montalban. Oh, so good. Caesar, I must protect you with rich <laughs> Corinthian leather. Whitey Herzog, famous baseball manager, of course, born on this day in 1931. Carl Sagan, American scientist, astronomer, and author, host of the television series Cosmos for Mm. many seasons. Sure. Born on this day in 1934. Also, Carl Sagan, perhaps the very first public figure to talk about the abject racism of Star Wars. Everybody in charge of the galaxy seemed to look like us. (laughs) (laughs) And... I, I thought there was a large amount of human chauvinism. And also, I felt very bad that at the end, the Wookiee didn't get a medal also. You know, all, all the people got medals, and the Wookiee who had been in there fighting all the time, he didn't get any medal. And I thought that was an example of anti-Wookiee discrimination. <laughs> Star Wars is Wookieist. <laughs> well, he got one later in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, uh, a little they too made late. up for it. Too little, too late. They gave him Hans, in my opinion. Yeah, it wasn't even his. It wasn't it was a hand-me-down. Well, hey, something. Bob Gibson, American Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher, born on this day in 1935. Mary Travers, American folk singer, fucking folk music. One of uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, one of the biggest stars of folk music were Peter, Paul, and Mary, inexplicably. Uh, They did Puff the Magic Dragon was theirs. Well, that's a good song. Yeah. Come on. Leaving on a Jet Plane, that was theirs. That's not bad. This is another one of their hits. I had a hammer. That's what I'd do. I didn't hammer very well. I would hammer. It all fell apart. I'd hammer the the record player while that record was playing on it. That's what I would do with a hammer. Wow. Speaking of music, Tom Fogarty, brother of John, member, founding member of Creedence Clearwater Revival, born on this day in 1941. Charlie Robinson, who played Mac on Night Court for, uh, I don't know, eight seasons, six seasons? He just passed away recently. Yeah, like, like a year or so ago. Right? Uh, 2021. Ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was born on this day in 1945. Karen Dotrice, who is a child actor out of the UK, born on this day in 1955, better known as... As? One of the Banks children. She and uh, fellow child actor Matthew Garber played the Banks kids okay. in Mary Poppins. Okay. Three movies the two of them made together. Walt Disney loved them together. Oh, did they? They first did a movie together called The Three Lives of Thomasina about a cat. Never saw that one. Oh, you got to see Thomasina. Thomasina? Yes. Patrick McGowan's the father? Nope, none of it. Patrick McGowan. I know. I've never seen it. 
Three Lives of Thomasina. Okay, you keep saying Three Lives of Thomasina. It doesn't make me remember seeing it. 1963. See it. They worked together in that film. And then when Walt went to do Mary Poppins, he was like, get me those two young people from that movie. They're charming and British. And so he put them in that. And then they made another film for Disney what? afterwards. What? The Gnome Mobile. The Gnome Mobile? The Gnome Mobile. Gnome Mobile. Don't know that one. The Gnome Mobile. The Gnome Mobile. We're rolling along in the Gnome Mobile. No, seeing it doesn't make me remember not seeing <laughs> Walter it. Brennan. Again, again well, you get, we have to go save those gnomes. I, it doesn't matter. The Gnome Saying the person's name doesn't make me go back in time and see the Do movie. Do you not know Walt Disney movies? Not those. I know Apple Dumpling Gang. We have to get all those gnomes. They have to find a, he's got to find a gnome wife. It's all about getting a gnome laid because they're running out of gnomes. And this one they gnome gotta says, fuck. Gnomes gotta fuck. we're the last gnomes and there's no women around for me to marry. So I guess the gnomes are going to die out. And then Walter Brennan, these kids find a whole bunch of female gnomes and all the girl gnomes are fighting over the one dude gnome. Oh, dude, he's getting laid constantly. Oh, he's getting so that much gnome, gnome pussy. So much gnome ass. Gnome pussy's the best. Because it's tight? <laughs> Not if you're a gnome. It's the same size as you. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Well, gnomes could be hung. Sounds like you a bad know. Bond movie. Gnome pussy. So tell me, gnome pussy. <laughs> this gnome is stuck on my dick. Are you really trying to take over the world with your tiny vagina? Oh, my God. Yes, Mr. Bond. <laughs> Why does she sound like that? Because she's evil. <laughs> and on this day in 1970... <laughs> Chris Irvine was born. Any idea who Chris Irvine founded is? Founded Irvine, he California. Did not find. He was born in 1970. Do you think he founded Irvine? He was a time traveler. Oh my god! That name doesn't ring a bell. Chris Irvine. Chris Irvine. No. Wow. Chris Irvine. Finally, finally, what? we stumped him. Is it a wrestler? Chris Jericho. Oh, Jericho. Born sure. Chris Irvine. I don't know Chris Jericho's real name. Born on this day in 1970. Mm. All right, you know what we do at this point? We find a food related to someone born on this day in history. We run it past Eddie Pence. See if it's something that he'd be willing to eat or perhaps stick up his ass and pull out. <coughs> the only one we find out is to talk about the food, then pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. The reels go round and round, and when they stop, if they're all lined up, jackpot. that means Eddie's eating that food. Sure. If they're mismatched. <coughs> He's not going to no, go for it. No, no. On this day in 1919, Eddie Pence. Okay. Sol K. Bright was born on this day. Sol. Saul. 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 S A L. S O L. That's Sal. Sal is S A L. I said Sol. But then you spelled it S A L. How do you know how I spelled it? I said it. Because you spelled it. Well, I said I said Sol. You said Sal. And then you spelled it. S A L? Saul. 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 Saul? Saul. Short for Solomon. Saul. I would say Saul. Solomon. Solomon? Hi, Solomon. Hey, How Solomon. you doing? Solomon. Solomon. Saul. Saul. Yeah. Sounds like S A W. It's King Solomon, Mo. <laughs> Spread out, you Why two. Why are you curly? <laughs> Saul K. Bright. Saul K. Bright. Sal. Sol? Sal. Sal. That's what I'm saying. It's the worst habit of Costello routine ever. <laughs> Sal K. Bright, famous Hawaiian steel guitar player. 
In the 1930s, inexplicably here in the States, yeah. Hawaiian music caught fire. People loved Hawaiian music. And he was right in the middle of it. One of the greats. Born on this day in 1919. Here's a little bit of his work. some Hawaiian music. Yes, it is. Uh, so naturally, that leads us to Hawaiian cuisine. Hawaiian cuisine. So I thought we would talk about the most popular Hawaiian food right now, which you can find anywhere. You can't just, it's not just Hawaiian. However, it does predate the, what they call, it comes from the pre-contact era of the Hawaiian Islands. Oh, when they were isolated. Yes, before uh, Whitey came along right. and took advantage. It's poke. 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 The poke bowl. Poke, of course, diced raw fresh fish with a simple marinade of soy sauce, sesame oil, onions, and sometimes seaweed. Served as a snack, appetizer, or a main course, often paired with rice. The origins of poke come from the pre-contact islands, where islands would feast on freshly caught fish, simply massaged with sea salt, seaweed, and then crushed kukui nuts. But as more people started to visit the islands, more ingredients were added. For example, when folks came from the West Coast, they would trade salt for salmon with the islanders, and that's when uh, salt was added. Immigrants from China and Japan introduced soy sauce and sesame oil. So it's evolved over the years, just like Hawaii's population has become a melting pot. Today, you can find poke all over the islands, but not just there. You can find them here in the United States as well. A very popular dish, the poke bowl. It is usually diced, fresh, raw tuna, and then um, a marinade of soy sauce, sesame oil, onions, sometimes seaweed, and then usually paired with rice in the bowl as well. The poke bowl. Is that something Eddie Pence would like to stick his face into? It's only one way for us to find out. We got to pull that handle. Here we go. One poke, two poke. Th no. Come on. No. Poke. I don't enjoy the poke bowl. Poke. I don't like the poke. Poke. I don't want the poke away. Poke. Keep your poke away from me. How do you not like the poke? I don't really care for the poke bowl. Have you even ever? I've had, had a poke. You, I think you, you say this all the time. You say I never eat it, and then you go, "Oh, but I no, have I've, eaten it." But I've eaten the poke bowl. You've not. I have. You haven't been pokeed. I've, I've leave me. No. Oh, I've been pokeed. You have not pokeed. How do you not love it? I don't love it. I don't care for it. I don't. Maybe if you had raw salmon in it, but I'd not, if it's raw tuna, no. You could probably get it, I guess, but I it's guess, not as good as the tuna. I'd rather just have salmon sushi. I don't need all this shit mixed in. It's better. No, it's not. No. And it's, I just don't need people walking around. You have a poke bowl? You want a poke? Let's go to the poke place. Oh, Who does that? People. People go around People just have that poke to you? places all around here. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I it's don't, great. No, I don't need it. It's, oh, it's, you don't like it's like it's, a fad. It's oh, like a trend. Oh, there's there's yeah. too too it's too popular it's for too you. Too many people. I like I like, I, I go against what people That's right. Eddie says, I'm unpoke. I'm going to Sizzler where nobody is. Dude, they closed the I'm only going. Sizzler. Good. They should burn it to the it's fucking on ground. Hollywood way and now it's a dentist's office. Good. How Helping more people. It's the greatest news I've heard. Fucking chocolate fountain. The greatest Tribute to cuisine ever. You don't know. Can't fucking find a Sizzler or a fucking, what's the other, Golden Corral. Hometown buffets closed. It's fucking madness out there, man. Just unraveling everything. But. Can't get good places to eat anymore. If you tie it too tight. If you tie it too tight, you get fucking poke. Read his poem, Sizzler, when you pick up the book, won't you? 
And that's it for today's Born to be Alive. Born to be Alive. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. As of 12.01 a.m. this morning, the SAG after a strike is officially over. Success, success. We've done it. We've done it. After 118 days of being on strike, the union has finally settled a three-year contract with the AMPTP that will be voted on by the rank and file of the union. But as of right now, the negotiation team has accepted the offer and people can get back to work as of today. Oh, nice. Now, we still don't know exactly what's in the deal. Now, the language they put in the email is kind of vague. Because if you remember, we talked about this yesterday, the main sticking point for the union was that the producers wanted to reserve the right to pay actors a one-time fee for a scan of their faces that would be used in perpetuity any way the producers wanted in the world of AI. So they'd pay you once, but they wouldn't pay your residuals for your face, and they wouldn't have to ask your estate after you were dead to use you in a movie. Yeah. And SAG balked at that. And I'm assuming there's been some movement on that issue. I would hope that's completely removed. Or else they wouldn't have signed it, right? Or at least you have some sort of say of where your likeness goes. Well, we don't know yet because they haven't released the details of the of the agreement. I'll tell you, if it hasn't, if that has not been solved, that 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 issue, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of unhappy SAG members. Yeah, I'll be one of them. But many of us now finally have the freedom to go back to not being hired as actors <laughs> as of today. Audition. So <laughs> it's great. It's such a relief after not being able to not work after all those years, uh, all those days on strike. Now I can finally feel free to not work as an actor. And my excuse is gone. It's exciting. Mm. Uh, speaking of exciting, the NFL just announced what was the most highest viewed football game of the 2023 season. Did Ooh, you see this story? I did, I did. I don't know if you saw this or not, Eddie Pence, the number one most watched football game in the entire season yeah. happened over this past weekend. Yeah. If you you saw know why? Because Don't say uh, it's your team. Because of awesomeness? No. Because of amazingness? Because of the fucking Cowboys, man. How dare it's, you? It's, I don't agree with it, but that's what it is. Cowboys played... They played seven games before this. Dude, if you... It's they played seven games before this that were not the most highly rated football right. games. Well, neither was so, Philadelphia's before that. So explain. Explain, I will explain. If, if you, you will. If you look back probably the last, like, six years of football and the most highest rated games, most of them probably involve the Cowboys. Because mm. there's so many, cow, like, fake Cowboy fans out there that, mm. don't, that aren't even from Cowboy land. They just adopted Cowboys. Is that where the Cowboys are Cowboy from? Cowboy land. Cowboy land? 
but people like in I South said, Dakota are Cowboys fans. But like I fans. said, a lot of a lot of games, the Cowboys played a lot of games before this past weekend. Why weren't they the highest rated? So did Philadelphia. And they some of those games are very highly no. rated. Because they're in first place. So of course they're gonna be watched more. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I couldn't hear that oh last part. God. What'd you say? One more one more saying that? it again. What? You can rewind the tape. Yeah, I can. I'm gonna massage my oh. unit to it. God. So uh, 27.1 million viewers made it the most watched. the Cowboys, man. I would say there's two teams playing that way. Yeah, but it's the Cowboys. It's because of the fucking Cowboys. Look at you. I don't like it. You love the Cowboys. I don't like the, I hate the Cowboys, but it's because of the One thing I know about you for all these years is that you are the biggest Cowboy fan. That's all (laughs) I know. I just can't get enough Literally wearing my commander's shirt right now. Ghostbusters. The Frozen Empire. Yeah. Sounds awesome. They just dropped the trailer for it yesterday. This is the second sequel to the Ghostbusters franchise. The first one is where we met the grandchild of uh, of uh, Spengler, I guess it is. Yes. Which one? Egon. 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 Egon's right? grandkid. Yeah. Sort of uh, took over the franchise. Yeah. And the old guys came back at the tail end of it and stuff. We're very all very excited. Yeah. Very heartwarming. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife was the name of that film. Now the next one, Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire. They just dropped the trailer for it. I think it looks good. Yeah, it looks fun. It looks fun. Paul Rudd returns as one of the Ghostbusters. The kids are there. It looks like the OG Ghostbusters come out. It's just too. like there's twelve Ghostbusters. There's, in the movie. Never there's a lot too, of Ghostbusters. You can never have too many Ghostbusters. There's just a lot of Ghostbusters. Well, there's a big problem, Eddie. There's a big problem in New bigger York City. Bigger than the marshmallow guy. Much bigger. For the first time in New York history, people froze to death in the middle of July. What is it? The death chill. The power to kill by fear itself. Your veins turn to rivers of ice. Your bones crack. And the last thing you see is your own tear ducts freezing up. Like, literally scared to death? <laughs> so cool. Pat Oswalt's pitching in. Yeah. He's going to be like a 14th Ghostbuster. Looks, no, he's not. He'll suit up. He won't They're all going to suit Nobody's up. suiting. They're all suiting the up four, by the end. The three kids and Paul Rudd are suiting. Right, and then the old guys are going to suit up, and then Patton Oswalt will suit up. There's going to be like 12, 25 Ghostbusters. So, the more the merrier. More busting. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. more. Busting makes, bustin makes me feel good. That's right. So, the more busting, the more good That's I feel. Good for you. And Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is just a couple weeks away. Oh, yeah, that thing. Do you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? No, I watch football on the oh, other channel. Come on. Gotta watch the parade. Why? Because it's an American institution. So is Thanksgiving Day football. My God. What do you, you watch it? You don't watch the football game? I watch everything. I watch them both. <laughs> you don't watch them both. I have you to, watch football. I have to catch some you of the watch parade. Football. You need the big inflatable characters coming down Fifth Avenue. Well, no, because all it is now is they stop in the, right in front of Macy's and they do their little show and then they move on and the other people come by and do the little show and move on. Spider-Man still flying through yeah, the air. They don't really Underdog, show that. Superman, yeah, they They only do. show that little section where they do their little you show. You don't even watch it. How do you know what something? they show? You're I have, watching football. You I haven't flipped, seen I it. I flipped around. You don't know. I flipped around. Macy's has announced their lineup for entertainment this year. It's like a throwback. It's a complete flashback for some reason to another time and place. En Vogue, the girl group En Vogue will be performing. Brandy, remember Brandy, Moesha herself? Oh, yeah. She'll be performing in, oh, the, yeah. in the parade. And also added to the lineup, Belle Biv DeVoe. Oh, that mother. girl is crazy. 
So they're just out of money, right? Like the Thanksgiving no, parade is out of money, and they don't want to pay. Nostalgic. It's a They don't want to pay anybody. It's a nostalgic trip. Back so they're to bringing brandy out. A simpler time. DeVoe. Simpler time. Yeah, I'll be watching football. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. Find out who was born on this day, November 9th. Starting off with Carrie. Carrie Watson, born on this oh, day. Oh, happy birthday, Carrie. Can't thank Carrie enough for all the hard work she did to get this show up and running. So happy birthday to Carrie. Also, Nikki Blonsky, who was in the movie version of Hairspray. Terrific actress and singer. She's 35 years old. Good morning, Baltimore. Robert David Hall from CSI is 75 years old. Lou Ferrigno is 72. Oh, he's still kicking, huh? He's 72. He's more better than still kicking. I thought he was older than that, honestly. He's still... I thought he was in his 80s. Lou Ferrigno? Yeah, I did. I thought he was in his 80s. He was always the baby of the group. Like, Arnold and the other guys looked down at him as, like, the little kid in the uh, bodybuilding I guess because I was little, and then the Hulk would be on TV, so I just assumed he was way older. in amazing shape still. He can kick your ass for an old man. Hear me. Oh, he just had his hearing fixed. Did he? Yes. Good for him. Now he can hear you say that. And he's going to kick <laughs> your ass. That's why I stopped doing my Lou Ferrigno impression. Oh, really? Once he got his hearing, I was like, I'm not fucking around with the Hulk. <laughs> he's 72 today. Hope he's not sad. He's walking down the street. He's not. The other guy was. David Banner was walking down the street. Bill Bixby? Yeah. yeah. Hulk was sad, too. We don't know. Eric Dane from Grey's Anatomy is 51. Peppa of Salt. Mmm, Peppa is 59. Salt and Peppa's here. Push it good! Push it! Push it real good! They should be at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah, I'd like to see Salt Not and fucking Peppa. Belle Biv DeVoe. Sorry, who'd you say? Don't do it. Don't you fucking do it. You motherfucker. Yeah, that don't. Ah! The Lachey's, Nick and Vanessa, celebrate a birthday today. Nick's 50. Vanessa Lachey is 43 years old. And singer Cisco is 45. Let me see that thong. Thong, 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 thong. That was a song. It sure was. On the radio. And that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now, as we do every Thursday, it's time to delve into the world of human sexuality. Class is in session at Ralph Sex U. You don't know what to do. There's one man to help you through. He's a graduate of sex. You sex. Summer comes out there. Sex. 
I want you to meet Edward Smith from Washington State. Okay. Hey, Edward. He, he's not literally here in the room. Oh, I thought you were going to bring him in. No, I'm going to see I'm, some stuff. I'm introducing you oh, to him in the course of telling excited. his story. See someone do shit. <laughs> Edward Smith is not your average man when it comes to sexuality. Hmm. He's had over 1,000 lovers in his life. Wow, Edward. Damn. But, but only one of them, Eddie, has been a human being. Okay, all right. The other 999... I, I take back my admiration. Have, uh, ...have been, well, something else. Stuffed? He is... No, they're not stuffed. He is known as a mechanophile. Mechanophile. Yes. He's someone who can only get sexually turned on by vehicles. Oh, no. He has had sex with a multiple number of cars, no. buses, no. and most importantly to our conversation, helicopters. Man has sex with Airwolf is the topic of the he article. He fucked Airwolf? He fucked Airwolf. We were talking about Airwolf earlier this week. I as our, corrected, Edward. As our TV Tunes Tuesday. He calls his sex with Airwolf the greatest experience of his life. Was Borgnine around? Borgnine was not Because that would have been tough. Greatest achievement in his life was having sex with the helicopter from Airwolf. He, as a mechanophile, or mech mechophile, as sometimes they're referred to, is someone, Eddie, who can only have sexual feelings towards a mechanical object. Hmm. He lost his virginity at the age of 13 to a neighbor's VW Beetle. Okay, well. At the age of 13... He fell in love with cars. All right. And what, what part of it did he fuck? It uh, does not say here. Well, I, did you, okay, that's very important. But he has said that he's fucked uh, inside of cars, outside of cars, uh, exhaust pipes. Oh. You name it. He's had sex with it because he loves them. And he sees, well, when he lost his virginity at 13, he knew perhaps he was different from the other kids. Hmm. I first developed a, an attraction to cars and helicopters in about 1965. Every kid at that age awakens to their libidinal energy, and it's part of life. So, but with me, it was intense and, and certainly different, <laughs> at least. It's a little different. A little bit. Than his friends. He knew he was different growing up. Just adjacent to different. Now, he admits to having sex with over a thousand vehicles. Sure. However, he's not a wealthy man, so he does sheepishly admit that many of the vehicles were owned by other people. He either found them in the owner's driveway. He's just going around neighborhoods and fucking cars? Sometimes in showrooms of auto dealerships. So his conquests were not only always things that he personally owned. Yeah, he has crushes on many TV and, mu and movie vehicles as well. As we mentioned, he had sex with Airwolf. Uh, he says sometimes he just can't help himself because when he sees a car yeah. or a helicopter, he sees what, let's say, another man would see when he looks at a supermodel. Some guys look at, at uh, boobs and buns of beautiful women, and I look at this and see what they might feel. Right? No. He's just a man. He's not. He's just a normal man. He's not a normal man. He's just an innocent man. He's not. We're just normal men. What do you mean, normal men? We're just innocent men. <laughs> he can't help himself. Oh, it's almost better that he doesn't like actual humans because it doesn't seem like he really cares to ask. 
How if dare he can, you? If he has permission. How dare He's you? He's not knocking on the door. Hey, can I fuck your fucking Acura? Because it's not about the people, Eddie. It's about his relationship with the machine. There's no relationship with the machine. I beg to differ because it's not just lust and sex, okay, you pervert? Oh. It's a deeper emotional connection. Okay. It's a continuous, sincere, affectionate, and yes, sexual expression of love. Yes. He's just fucking jizzing on seats. It's and an hoods. expression of love. Put you, an antenna you, up his ass. You beast. You'll be happy to know after all these years of playing the field, Edward Smith is finally going to settle down. Oh, he's, is he? He's found the car of his dreams. And he is getting married to a uh, classic VW Beetle named Vanilla. His roaming days are over. So looks are important to him. He's going he's, to he's settle down. He's not shallow. No, he's not. It's about a connection. And he and Vanilla have a meaningful bond okay. that you can't understand. When I hold Vanilla in my arms, there's a um, powerful energy that comes from her in response to that and if anything it would ever happen to her i would be i'd be more than heartbroken now edward does admit it's going to be an open relationship well because he's got to fuck the rest of the neighbors fucking boats and cars no, and he, lawnmowers he has and shit. two other cars that he has he's not shifting completely into monogamy with vanilla because he has two other cars that vanilla knows about I'm that sure he's allowed does, yeah, to yeah. have a relationship with He's got an Opal GT from 1973 named right. Cinnamon, and then a 1993 Ford Ranger by the goes by the name of what? What's it go by? Goes by the name of Splash. Splash. Splash is the name of the They're Ranger. All, are these all female cars? I can only imagine how Splash got her name. <laughs> oh, uh, I hope he fucks a Transformer, and it fucking changes on him, and then kills him. Eddie, Transformers aren't real. Apparently a guy marrying a VW bug is real. Yeah, it is. So anything can happen. No, it can't. Uh, so I thought today we'd take a look at mechanophilia, mechanophilia mm. or mechophilia, depending mm. on who you ask. Uh, it is the intense love and sexual attraction to cars. Not only cars, vehicles of any kind. Bicycles, cars, helicopters, airplanes. In some countries, you're going to find this hard to believe, it's actually illegal to have sex with a machine. That doesn't seem right. No, if you own the machine, sure. Yeah, I guess you should it be depends. able to fuck whatever you own, I guess right? It depends on who owns the machine. Some people have to be placed on sex offenders registry list if they're found guilty of having sex with machines. But if you walk outside and someone's fucking your Miata, you're going to want that dude fucking reported, right? No, Especially if you have kids around. Is the Miata covered? I, is it, is it, is it in safe his goo? Yeah, it, there's fucking jizz all over your Miata. Sex? Is there car cover on it? Um, here's the thing. Now, some people equate having sex with machines to modern society. People are having sex with sex robots. How about vibrators? Anybody uses a vibrator? Are they a, a pervert as well? It, it blurs no. the line, Eddie Pence. There's no blurred line. When do we stop a fucking definitive line. our sexual connection it's to machines? line. We talked about fucking machines I'm on the fuck show. I'm going to fuck microphone. See how you like that? <laughs> a few weeks ago. At what point do you draw the line? Is it better just to use a piece of machinery to get an orgasm? Or is it better to have some sort of connection with the machine? Some would ask. These people would certainly well, ask. You're not going to fucking marry your vibrator. Here's the thing about people who engage or uh, have mechano mechanophobia or mechaphobia. Philia? Oh, I'm sorry, Philia, yes. <laughs> not afraid of it. <laughs> fucking the shit out of it, The opposite man. of afraid of it. According to Dr. Ian Kemmer, a New York sex therapist, he says 
There's no real research as to why someone is sexually attracted to a machine, but they do have some recurring themes they find within patients that do engage in this sort of sexuality. Okay. You're going to find this hard to believe, but they apparently had little social interaction no. with other people. No. Sometimes they were raised in strict environments, especially religious environments, by parents who disapproved of any sexual involvement with other men or women. <laughs> and often, they say, there is a, a stimulation by exhibitionism for the people who um, engage in sex with cars, as well as a general feeling of submission and domination themes as well. Hmm. So sometimes the person who feels powerless feels empowered by being able to have sex with a car. And they also like the idea of having sex with a car out in the open where perhaps they may be discovered. Hmm. So mechanophilia, like our friend Edward Smith. And uh, folks, it's not a very common philia, paraphilia, But are you, you really will. having sex or are you just masturbating? Isn't it just technically masturbating? I guess it's in If the, you're using a vibrator, you're not having sex with a vibrator, you're masturbating with the vibrator. As the poet Correct? once said, sex is in the eye of the comer. Depends on how you're looking at it. All right. He had sex with Airwolf. That's, that's the only cool thing he's Who's, ever done. What famous helicopters have you ever boned? Did you up your game? I did that you... one for Magnum P.I. <laughs> did you, TCs? TCs. You had sex with TCs? I, oh, I beat off to it. Oh, well, that's not it's very Same different. thing. No. Same thing. No, there's no it's intimate. on TV. No intimate connection. Mechanophilia. Having sex with cars. Mm. The only thing that bothers me is he says he likes Mustangs too. Oh, uh, you better cover uh, your Mustang gotta, up. I gotta put it. Gotta, I gotta empty that garage out so I can put her away. <laughs> and that's it for today's Sex University. Sex you. you can have any car to have sex to, sex with. Which one would you pick? Any car? Any car. You can have sex with any car. Oh, you dear. have to have sex with a car. I have to have sex with a car. It's yes. any car. Yes. What car are you gonna have sex with? I don't know. Do you want one that's all angly? Or you want one that's like kind of roundish? I think that's why I like Vanilla because she's it's like a bubbly, she's like, full body. Feels. Well, you get like a Lambo; it's all fucking angly. Yeah, see, you don't want to cut yourself. Yeah, you got to find a hole to put it in. You well, put it in the gas tank. That's not where do you problem. put it in? I find a place. Don't or you just you rub up against it. it. You got to put it in. About it, I'm worried I'm about putting it. it between the bucket seats. I'm finding all kinds of places. <sighs> you have no answer. I. I don't know. Aston Martin DB5 for me. That's what you would yeah. fuck? James Bond's James car? James Bond's car. Maybe the, uh, the, the, the bandit that fucks Oh, the, uh, the Trans Am. Yeah, yeah. Trans Am. Yeah, while I'm wearing the hat. <laughs> Gotta have the hat. Gotta have the hat on. Boys and girls, come on back tomorrow, why don't you? It's going to be a brand new show for a Friday, the last show of the week. Very exciting. The last show, by the way, before our live show. Ooh. On Saturday, there's a handful of tickets left. I'm seriously, we're down to single digits now. Come so on. If you want to go, make your move. Flapperscomedy.com is the place to go. That's the website where you can buy the tickets. Saturday, 9.30 p.m., Burbank, California. We're going to celebrate my birthday. We're going to celebrate my birthday. We're going to fuck the table. <laughs> That's not a thing. That's a thing. Table Only, fuckers? No. Table fuckers anonymous? <laughs> table philia on the nef next Ralph Sex <laughs> We'll fuck your laptop. That'll be there. It's sort of a machine. It's a machine. For your birthday, I'll fuck it. Come on out for my birthday party slash live show. Me, Queen J, Eddie Pence, all taking the stage. Love to see you there. Meanwhile, tomorrow we'll be back, but it's not as much fun unless you join us. So please, I'm asking you. Stay 
good in the hood. Because life is life. And we want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. I hope I'm invited to the wedding. I'd like to see him marry Vanilla. I'd like to I'd like no, to be there I'm for the bring ceremony. A picture of Airwolf. Show Just it to make him crazy. I'm gonna hold it up If the anyone has a reason why these two should not be wed in happy matrimony, they go. Airwolf. What about her? You left her behind. Remember her? We'll talk to you tomorrow, kids. Until then, please remember, I love you. I mean it. Bye. Ha ha. So ha ha. I got it. Ha ha. Bye bye. Pick a better dance now. Bye, Menon. Fuck off. 